Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time this recording. This is episode 88 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with a great crew today. Jonan, introduce yourself, man. Yes, sir. Playoffs finally here. Super wild card weekend. We about yes. to get into it. Yes, sir. Big weekend. Kendrick, introduce yourself, man. You know who it is. The smartest man on the podcast, as always. Yes, sir. Core. Introduce yourself, man. Yo, it's y'all boy, Young Core, man. Let's get to it. Hoping for a good show. Yes, sir. Just Johnny. Talk to me, man. Introduce yourself to the people. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in, baby. Playoffs. You kidding me? <laughs> and we will have one more uh, fellow restricted host. He will be coming in at a later time. But joining, uh, take over. Yes, sir. So, like I just said, the 2022 NFL regular season is now over. 18 weeks of football in the books, which means the playoffs are finally here. The Super Wildcard Weekend is coming up with six contests, all of them being a rematch from the regular season, and three of those are divisional matchups. And we're going to give you our breakdown and predictions for every game. But first, we're going to tell you what we think the best potential matchup for each number one seed is. So, Look at my notes here real quick. The Chiefs and the Eagles have clinched the one seeds in their respective conferences. We're going to start with the Chiefs, who clinched the AFC West and the number one seed in the AFC once again. So their potential matchups for the divisional round could be the four-seeded Jaguars, the fifth-seeded Chargers, the six-seeded Ravens, or by some act of God, the number seven-seed Dolphins. So... Kendrick, I'm going to start with you, man. Which one of these potential matchups with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid intrigue you the most? Intrigue me the most. From four to seven? That's a that's a good question. Uh, honestly, I would say the Chargers would intrigue me the most. If they I, feel like that's, I feel like that should be – well, that's not my answer. Based on my prediction, but I feel like the Chargers. Like I feel like that would make a, that would make a good divisional round since you know they're both in the same division. I just feel like that would definitely be interesting and uh, really a good game to see. So and then like also like seeing Justin Herbert can he actually get over that hump? But also can the Chargers get over their own hump and actually get and um, play? Because uh, you know Mike Williams. Is actually potentially a game time is a game time decision for this uh, coming weekend. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But I don't know. I would say the Chargers is definitely the most interesting out of all the other teams. But what's going on with Mike Williams? He got he um in his in the last game of the um last week he had hurt his back and uh, they said it was day, yeah they they, they weren't sure yeah they weren't sure if he was going to play. I had just got that notification. I was actually going to bring that up. Excellent point. So, yeah, so now because they said it was minor when they first said it on Sunday, but now they're saying, oh, he's a game-time decision. So, like, I feel like, yeah, that's just going to play a big factor. But I still feel like the Chargers is definitely, like, the team. I feel like you started to break up there for a minute. But, Johnny, you want to just piggyback on that real quick? Um. Yeah, actually, yeah, that was – um. 
That's and that's part of the problem. I, I definitely do want to piggyback on that. That's part of the issue and part of my disappointment, surprisingly, with the Super Wildcard matchup. And actually, the whole entire Super Wildcard weekend, um, I mentioned in the, segment, in the segment that we had before of how excited I am for the competition of football, especially wildcard rounds. But, guys, like, let's be honest. Um, the most it, – it looks like the most intriguing games are going to be the ones whose quarterbacks are available. And it's Jacksonville and Los Angeles. And, honestly, I – We're going to get into that. Like, that's killing me. You know, it's it kind of messed up. Not the competition, but maybe because we'll still get some good football. But as far as the hopes, so it it kind of makes it kind of makes it kind of makes me depressed as I answer and just question and piggyback off of the before mentioned Jacksonville Jaguars and Los Angeles uh, Chargers matchup. Um, the most interesting thing about that would be between the two quarterbacks. Can Justin Herbert get over that hump? And can let's see what Trevor Lawrence can do in his you know playoff debut. And shout out to Doug Peterson for yet turning around another football team. And, and bringing them to the playoffs. So um, this is interesting based off of young talent. We're getting a depiction. We're getting a basically a look at the future here uh, as far as postseason competition is concerned and future NFL competition. So it'll be, it'll be a great matchup about that. But once again, Mike Williams, questionable. Here we go with another injury. And so that kind of like, you know, once again, the Chargers limited, and I feel super, super bad for the Chargers because the injuries that they fought through this season to make the fifth, to be, still make it to the fifth seed, and then now another banged up important player. So yeah, I definitely wanted to piggyback off of that right there. Well, Corday, I mean, let's just say the Chargers for some reason don't make it. And let's just also say in some warped alternate reality, you know, the Ravens can win this game without Lamar, and we'll get into that. You know, could that match up potentially, or maybe, again, by an act of God, the Dolphins somehow beat the Bills without Tua, and we'll get into that. You know, could either of those matchups with a healthy Tua or Lamar, would that intrigue you against the Chiefs? Um, Me personally? I feel like almost any matchup will kind of intrigue me against the Chiefs. Um, the thing is, with Lamar being injured, I just don't see the Ravens possibly upsetting the Bengals. And with Tua being injured, I don't see the Dolphins upsetting Buffalo, especially with. Oh Buffalo yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, like. Oh yeah, no, hypothetically, yeah. I think between those two, um. Maybe Miami might be the better matchup because I feel like they have better receivers on the outside than Baltimore. Because let's just say somehow Baltimore advances and Lamar's able to come back, Baltimore will still have the same problems of struggling to get the ball outside to wide receivers or to anyone not named Mark Andrews. But um, me personally, I think the most intriguing matchup. I know a lot of people listening might think Buffalo. For me, it's actually Cincinnati. Um, Excellent. It, it, it's weird Excellent point. Mahomes has this – the only downfall so far in Mahomes – not downfall, but the only dark cloud hanging over his head so far is he hasn't been able to beat Tom Brady, and so far he hasn't been able to beat Joe Burrow. They've had three career matchups, and Joe Burrow has won all three. And not only has Joe Burrow won all three, he beat him in Arrowhead for a, a trip to the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase, he, he's been nothing but – of minutes for the Chiefs ever since entering the league. That one game last year where I believe he had 11 targets or 11 catches for 260 yards with three touchdowns, 
And then in the AFC Championship, I believe he had a touchdown for 100 yards with like eight catches. So Jamar Chase has been a, a matchup nightmare for the um, Kansas City Chiefs. And I feel like the, the, the Bengals are just a well-rounded team. They have not the best defense, but their defense have, has the players and the capability of making big plays and stops when they need them. And Joe Burrow is just one of those quarterbacks where as long as he's on the field, his team has a chance any Sunday. Chris, I saw that you just hopped in late. First of all, how you doing tonight, man? And second, um, just just from what you heard so far, you know, is there any potential matchup from, you know, this week's games for the Chiefs? All right. So first off, how's everybody doing tonight? I apologize. I'm a little late. Um, oh, you good, bro. You good. But since we're going off matchups, I'm not mad at any of the choices I heard. Uh, but I'm just going to kind of just keep it as a simple formula because I just want to see a rematch of Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. And for me, it just strictly goes off of what I saw last year when they faced off in the divisional round. And, I mean, I, if some of you guys can remember, I was upset at how the game ended because I felt like, you know, even though Patrick Mahomes, um, Patrick Mahomes uh, the Chiefs scored in overtime, I wanted Josh Allen to just have a chance with the ball. I wanted them to resort to just college rules. Both teams just keep going back and forth until somebody can't score. And just from the excitement that we got in that fourth quarter, seeing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going tick for tag back and forth at each other, just making plays for their team. I mean, the wide receivers were obviously making plays, but just them making plays for their team, I, it's just something that entices me again. I mean, I do like Cordae's pick of Cincinnati because, we, because Joe Burrow, has been Patrick Mahomes every time they face each other. And that includes coming back from, I believe it was down, what, three touchdowns in the AFC Championship game last year? So I will say that would be my consolation prize. But I feel like just with what the Bills situation, along with the fact that I feel like there's already, there already was pressure on them because of just the piece they acquired this offseason and already they were, being, they were projected to win the Super Bowl before the season even started. And then on top of that, just the fact that I feel like they want to beat Kansas City because of what happened last year. I feel like all that just culminates into why I just want to see another Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes battle. Now, the only thing that does suck about that is if we get that, it's going to be in a dome, which I think is ridiculous, even though it's a neutral site. I, I don't want it in a dome. And for the playoff game, when you think of Kansas City versus Buffalo, you think of a cold field, maybe some snow or something. So I don't like the idea that they're going to have it in a dome. But I feel like that's the matchup I most want to see because, again, just going off of last year's playoffs, it was the most exciting playoff game I had seen up until that point. Yep, and as Chris mentioned, for those who don't know, um, the NFL, I believe, announced today that should the Chiefs and Bills meet in the AFC Championship game, that game will be played at a neutral site, and they chose Atlanta for that neutral site, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is a domed stadium. Um, I mean, the roof could be open, but it's still a dome. So it's, yeah, it sucks because it kind of takes a little bit of luster from the game, like that just classic playoff football luster. But on the other hand, those two offenses in a dome with no weather in the way, that might be Hollywood, man. I'm just saying. That might be an offensive clinic, but – I think we can all agree that just one of two of those three teams will be the AFC championship matchup. Um, just no disrespect to uh, the other four teams in the AFC, but 
it just feels like it's just destined to be Chiefs versus Bills or Chiefs versus Bengals or maybe even Bengals versus Bills, you know, and we get the game that we were supposed to get last Monday. So, you know, that's what's going on in the AFC and the NFC. My Philadelphia Eagles clinched a one seed for the fifth time in the last 20 years. For the first time in five years, the Eagles are the last team to win the Super Bowl as the one seed five years ago. Um, their potential matchups could be either the four-seeded Bucks, the fifth-seeded Cowboys, which would – oh, my goodness, the toxicity that would just come from that, and maybe the six-seeded Giants, another NFC East opponent. Or could it be the, again, by some act of God, the number seven seeded Seahawks? Uh, Johnny, I want to start with you, man. Fellow Eagles fan, Kendrick, I know you are too, but Johnny, I'll start with you. I feel like I know your answer already, but which one of these matchups and choose you the most, man? The number one Eagles fan. <laughs> all right, Johnny. <laughs> First of all, quick sidebar, Colin, let's go Seahawks. Seven we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Go ahead. Just ahead. like to break up previous segments. <laughs> with that being said, um, uh, be that as it may. Okay, guys. So here it is with me. The way I feel, and honestly, see, I'm torn, right? Because the way I wanted, I, I, I originally, I do, I do want to have common sense here, and I just want to lean to the. I do. I should lean to the four or five matchup. I should lean to that and say, "Oh my God, round four with Tom Brady." Or should we put? Or does it feel good to put the Cowboys away for the third time? And this will be the first time Dak and Jalen finally go at it. So I was torn between those two storylines: beating Brady a fourth time, or putting the Cowboys away, like finally fair and square. Those those both will make me would intrigue me a lot. Um, but here's the downside to it. Here's the downside to it. The thing is about the thing is about Tampa Bay and Dallas. I'm not as excited, surprisingly, of watching that matchup more so than I am. I'm not gonna lie. I'm more intrigued with the Vikings and the Giants matchup. I'm way more intrigued. Yes, it's a way longer shot for either one for the Giants, I guess, to get to us. But just as far as intriguing matchups. I, it, 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 the, the thing, hear me out, guys. The thing about the Giants is they're one of those teams that seem to get going in the playoffs. And number two, there's a mystery that it just hangs over my head. I, I kind of want to see what Daniel Jones, how far he can go. I kind of want to see how far Saquon and that solid Giants run game that can consistently at least bring 20 points to the table. I want to see how far they can go. And I'm also intrigued on the other end to see if Minnesota can get off that playoff stigma because they need playoff success. Kirk Cousins needs to win in important games. And it's and I want to see how far Justin Jefferson can take this remarkable season that he's had. So it's, it's a little bit of a more intriguing storyline that I'm more attracted to, but more so even with the game style. Like the way that New York has played over the past couple of weeks and uh, the way that the Vikings defense has folded over the last couple of weeks. I think these guys might low-key have a shot. I think that's an underrated matchup, and I'm more intrigued in that 3-6 look. But 
I trust me, I was torn between four and five. I just wish we could beat them both, but I'm not gonna lie. Look out for the Minnesota Vikings in that Giants matchup. I'll be tuning in on that. Yep, and to your point, um, should the Vikings win that game, we wouldn't be able to see them until a potential NFC Championship game matchup. But assuming that what happens with the two and seven, you know, if the Giants were to win, we will automatically play them. But Kendrick, my other fellow Eagles fan here in the podcast. Which one of these teams, you know, maybe worries you the most in a divisional round? I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. Not Please. one team worries me in the divisional round. Not one. Uh, the only team I'm truly afraid of is the 49ers. And here's why. Uh, when was the last time the Vikings actually beat us when it mattered? Um, we have had their card. We even played, we even, then we, we held their best player, Justin Jefferson, to like, uh, like one or two catches. Um, so really, I feel like as like a posing threat between the four and the seven seed, there's really nobody. Uh, with the Giants. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> even, even though they rested their starters on the last game of the season, we played them in, earlier in the season and we steamrolled them. It was very easy. Uh, so I just feel like, Nothing, and then like the Buccaneers. I mean, honestly, the Buccaneers are, eh, but like we are a much more complete team, and our defense shows for that. So like it would be a very easy game. And then the Cowboys, uh, yeah, they beat us the second time. Who we'll go them? We did not have Jalen Hurts playing, and at the time we also scored thirty four points. So I feel like if we could do that with our backup quarterback, just imagine what we could do with Jalen Hurts having the ball. Uh, so that's why, and our defense is very good and can very much stop. I feel like can make stops if our offense, I feel like it's a better, I feel like there's a better feel for the game when Jalen Hurts is playing and then our defense is feeding off of him as well. So I feel like when everyone, everybody's together, we really just, um, can dominate from four to seven, honestly. Well, three to seven, including the Vikings, but from the division around heard that. Well, shoot, like I said, the Vikings got to prove they can win something before they even think about coming to Philly. Yeah, prove they can win by more than three points. Listen, uh, a win wins a win. I mean, honestly, it even is, if, it uh, is, and they got 13 of them, but they have a negative point differential, man. Like, I just don't, I don't believe the hype with the Vikings. I'm sorry. It, 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 you just out games, that's all. Sorry for any Vikings fans who may be listening to this, but your team is a paper tiger. But Corday... Mm. It's interesting that Kendrick said that because you are the 49ers fan here at the Restricted Zone podcast. So, I mean, I don't know if you feel like you agree with Kendrick maybe about the 4-7, to seven, but, you know, a potential NFC Championship game with the 49ers is looking pretty good. Uh, Yeah, just to piggyback off of what Kendrick said a little bit, um, with when it comes to the Eagles and the Niners both, um, I do feel like the divisional round should – I'm not really worried about the divisional round for either of the two. Although I will say as a Niners fan, the 2-7 two, the two matchup, it, it it has me a little nervous just because of the fact that it is hard to beat a division opponent three times in one season. And also with the fact – not sure if you guys paid attention, but they, uh, it's supposed to be uh, supposed to be uh, really bad weather for the game this week. Like, they're talking, like, mm. hurricane and tornado type of downpours. 
But if that is indeed the weather, I feel like that favors us more. I feel like that favors us more than Seattle because that'll be a, a running type of game. And we have the number one rush defense. And the Seahawks in two games this year are only averaging three yards a carry against us, where last month McCaffrey averaged about six yards a carry against them. And now we have Elijah Mitchell back in the fold to take some pressure off of McCaffrey. So I think if it comes down to a running game, we benefit that. But going transitioning into the Eagles, um, in terms of storylining, I think potentially playing Dallas in the second round will be the better storyline. I feel like the Eagles don't have to prove that they can beat Brady because they did it on the biggest stage where they mattered most. So I feel like Dallas will be the better storyline because when the Eagles uh, when the Eagles beat Dallas, Dallas didn't have Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush was playing. When Dallas beat the Eagles, they didn't have Jalen Hurts. Gardner Minshew was playing. So we'll finally get that Dak versus Jalen Hurts matchup. Who's the better quarterback on the biggest stage of them all, which is the playoffs. And I feel like I would I would have the Eagles winning that game, me personally, and I feel like that'll just kill all of the noise of, oh, well, the Eagles beat us without Dak Prescott, and, oh, the Cowboys beat us without Jalen Hurts. But it, it speaks volumes that the Eagles put up 34 points on them without Jalen Hurts. So I, I would picture in the playoffs, in that, in that home field environment, the fans are rocking, the place is loud, that Jalen Hurts can do the same thing if not put up more points against the Cowboys. So in terms of narrative, I feel like I would like to see them play the Cowboys in the divisional. Man, I would be – I'm going to be so just unbearable if that happens. Oh, my just goodness. A, it's a crazy story. Not really to y'all because none of y'all are Cowboys fans, but on Twitter, man, they, it's, they better hope that don't happen. But, uh, Chris, we're going to uh, round it up with you, man. It's the most intriguing matchup for the Eagles in round two. Other so, than the Cowboys. Other than the Cowboys. Make it harder for you. I mean, listen, I mean, I let the Cowboys pick that court they had, but I don't even see them being Tom Brady, so I don't think we're going to see that. Because I just don't, because just like the Vikings, That's very I, don't true. The Cow- I don't trust the Cowboys in the playoffs at all. I don't trust them in the playoffs, just like I don't trust Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. So I feel like that would never happen. I don't happen. trust them either. So, kind of just to piggyback off of what Kendrick said, I have to go with the 49ers. And I'm doing that because of the fact that. I mean, for the majority of the year, the, one of the things I heard a lot about the Eagles is that they're a complete team, and they are. I mean, everywhere you look on the field, they're complete. They have a great, they have a great defense, great offensive line. They have playmakers all over the field, great secondary. But those same things you can say about the Eagles, you can also say about the 49ers outside of the quarterback situation. But that's also what makes San Francisco a threat because – one, not only have they been there before with this kind, with this roster, they don't. It does not matter what quarterback they have; they can still win games. And I think that's what we've seen, and that's what we've really seen from San Francisco this year. They went through three quarterbacks through the entire year, and they're the second seed in the NFC. And arguably, outside the Eagles, they had the best shot of winning the NFC. Well, I'm not even arguably; they do have the best shot of winning the NFC outside the Eagles because they're not because the num- they're number two seed. So. I feel like when you just look at it, when it comes down to just want to see a great offense versus a great defense and vice versa, you want to see playmakers versus playmakers. Like you, like the Eagles have A.J. Brown. San Francisco has Debo Samuel. Eagles have Miles Sanders. San Francisco Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. Both teams have great pass rushes. Both teams have great offensive lines. So it's, it's just – Got it and it, Kittle, it, man. Ayuk and – Ayuk and – Ayuk and Devontae. 
I feel like outside of the quarterback, those teams are really like like evenly matched. With all with all due respect to Brock Purdy, he's the he's the system quarterback that the media was just who that they swore Jalen was. That's not even a knock on Brock Purdy. That's really more of a testament to San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan just having these guys ready. Like I I agree with that. I agree with that. Sorry to uh, cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. It's just it's just like um. Like, me being a Niners fan, you know, I sit there and I say to myself, like, yo, if Purdy takes us to the Super Bowl, he has to be the starting quarterback next year. But at the same time, it's oh, like, you jumped the gun on me. Me you personally, me, I'm, a Trey, I'm a Trey Lance believer. Like, I want Trey Lance to be the franchise quarterback. But it's like, the way Purdy, the way Purdy has been playing with those weapons, it's like, I often find myself asking, like, is it Purdy that's good? Because the the offense has taken a step in scoring more points since Garoppolo has went out. So my thing is, is it Purdy that's that good? Or is Shanahan just coaching out of his mind right now? And it's like, I find myself thinking that it's a bit, a bit of both. So how do you guys feel about it? Oh, it's, a little, it's definitely both. It's definitely both. Excuse me. I think what helps is, I think what really helps the San Francisco team is that they're experienced. They might be, they have a lot of young guys on the team. But they're very experienced. Remember, Nick Bosa's rookie year, they went to the Super Bowl. That's, look at all that playoff experience he has right there. Yes, a Super Bowl appearance and another NFC Championship game appearance last year. Yeah, Debo uh, was a rookie about, the year we went to. Yes, and, yeah. I, and I think about this. Just imagine if the Forrest Buckner never left. Just imagine if he never left. If he didn't, go check that to the money. All I'm saying is I just want to see that magic because I just want to see a lot of playmakers on the field. And I want to see which coaching staff is going to make the least amount of mistakes. That game, we will we'll find out who really who's a better coach. We'll find out who's a better coach. We're going to find out who's a better quarterback. We're going to find out a lot of things in that game. And I really want to see that game because, again, it's a, it's a great defense against a great offense. And a great offense against a great defense. That just sounds like playing football to me. That sounds like that could be better than the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. Exactly. Uh, I feel like Eagles, Bills, and Super Bowl would be. Yeah, well, first of all, well, first of all, all love to Seattle, but they're like back to the before mentioned point. They're like twenty seventh in offensive line, so they're going to get crushed by that San Francisco's front. And another thing, we like I I, previous segment, I mentioned D'Amico Ryan's. As like a heck, where did he come from as a defensive coach? He's I've mentioned amazing. it before. He better get he better get some interviews. He better get like some interviews. You know. He'll he'll definitely be a head coach at the very least. Some interviews, but I think he, he will. No, go ahead. Oh uh, no, I was just saying he's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, man, man. I remember, man, 2014. He was supposed to play here another couple of seasons but he tore his Achilles I think in, in, in that Houston game and it cut his career short man but he was a great player he, probably a, he's we a love Texas you, legend yeah like and now he's doing this thing as a D coordinator potential head coach like if Robert Sala could do it then D'Amico Ryans can too so um but let's move on to the playoffs man let's move on to super wild card weekend the second year in a row where the NFL is pushing out six games in the wild card weekend, because of course the two extra seven seeds, which I feel like is a mistake, and we're going to get into why that was a mistake by the NFL. But we're going to go just in order of just best matchup to, but no least 
the worst matchup to the best matchup. Sorry. And we're going to start with the Bills and Dolphins, the two-seeded Bills hosting the numbers, seven-seed Dolphins. I believe that game is on Sunday, 1 p.m., I want to say. Um, the Bills, they're a minus 950 in the money line. I mean, come on. The spread is 13 and a half. Vegas thinks it's a blowout. Over-under is going to be 43 and a half. In the regular season, you know, both teams split. The home team won each game. The Dolphins in week three. The Bills in week 15. And that's the game where Tua suffered one of at least three concussions this season. And he won't be playing in Sunday's game because of set concussions. And it look it looks like Skylar Thompson, he's gonna they're gonna they're gonna throw him to the wolves. Skylar Thompson. Never heard of this kid a day in my life, but he's gonna be a starting quarterback in the playoffs this weekend. Teddy Bridgewater. I believe he's available. He'll be the backup. So, um, Chris, I'll start with you. It feels bad to say, but I'm just going to say it. Does, it. does this feel like a glorified bye week for the Buffalo Bills? You, you know you know why this resonates with me a little bit? Just just on the fact that I remember in 2016, we made the playoffs, and Derek Carr was hurt, so he couldn't play. We had to bring out a rookie quarterback to play the Texans, a team that we know we could have beaten if Derek Carr was healthy. But we didn't. I feel like that's been. I I just feel like that's the same case for this team. Now, like you said, Jonah, I have no idea. I have no idea. Wait, you, you, so are you saying that you know with Tua healthy that the Dolphins could have beat the Bills? They have a much better chance of doing it. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, think about it. They they split with each other in the regular season, and when Tua and the in uh, Miami went to Buffalo, yeah, they lost, but they were in the game. They were in the game the entire time, so why can't they win? They got the team. They got the team to do it. I just had I just had to ask, but um, you can go back to your uh, original point on Thompson. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I have no idea Thompson is, and I mean, it sucks that this is going to. If this is first game starting, I believe I don't know if he started week eighteen, but if this is first game starting, I feel sorry for him because, like you said, he's been thrown to the wolves, and it just sucks. Uh, He's he's actually played uh all the games Tua was out. I'm pretty sure he was a starter. Except like maybe one. Okay. It wasn't Teddy. Teddy was nah. For some starting. reason, Teddy for some Bridgewater reason they haven't. They, they only played Teddy once, I sure believe, did. until yeah. it was out. Because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt too. That's why. He had it. I'm, so I'm he has game experience, but like right after Tua. Yeah, this is but, Buffalo. Yeah. This is Buffalo in January, man. That that exactly. game experience don't mean. Nothing. It, it, it does, it man. Doesn't. It just it just sucks. It just sucks that we that we have that we have a couple of these games where we don't get to see a team at full strength against a team at full strength. And, I mean, yeah. all I can say is Buffalo's going to go around the stadium and just praise up the tour at this point. Praise up the tour. Kendrick, do you think that the Dolphins could at least cover? Can they not lose by more than 14? Man, that that score might be 35-3. to three. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here, man. I'm trying. I'm not, not, I'm not even going to try, bro, because, listen, I would have a different conversation if two was playing. I would be like the of Dolphins. Course, yeah. I would say the Dolphins are upsetting the Bills right there. But whoa, if two was playing, it could upset ahead. 100%. I don't know about that. I don't really care, man. I'm standing on what I'm saying. Uh, I hear you, though. I hear you. But, um, but uh, yeah, honestly, no, nah, this is, uh, is going to be a snooze fest. 
I feel like that's a, appropriate. Maybe 10. They, they'll get a garbage time touchdown, so it might be 35-10, but I really don't see this being anything interesting or worthwhile. I mean, Johnny is – I'm sure you have the same sentiment with everyone else so far. It's just blowout or – well, I mean, could the Dolphins catch him by surprise in the first half maybe and then, you know, the game gets away from him or it just blow out from the start? They'll catch him by surprise with a touchdown. But other <laughs> – one touchdown. And honestly, it's, it's it's sad. It goes back to my original point of, like, the wild hey, – Maybe a pick position. six or something. I mean, Josh maybe Allen hasn't – he has not been the best for protecting the In the red zone. Here, so. Yes. Uh, I will say – I will say Miami's averaging 25 points with Tua, and they're, like, dropping only 16 points a game without him. And they're, like, one and three without him. This is pretty much um, Raheem Mostert. With the thumb, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even think they can't even dream about running the football because at least with a healthy Raheem Mostert, you can like paint a false picture that it might get some first down yards, but he might not even play. So there goes your first downs. Um, <laughs> I have no, uh, it's bad. I don't want to say too much. I just want to speak on the fact that you know, I've mentioned before that I was looking forward to a Super Wild Card weekend, but this is one of those games where. You know, we will never know based off of circumstances outside of our control. I, I Obviously, I've got the Bills. Obviously, the Bills probably two and a half, three, about three touchdowns. Um, Dolphins might show some pride. Uh, I, okay, I'll give them 16, right, because they averaged that without Tua. Well, 13, because Buffalo's defense, postseason defense, I'll give them 13. Ah, it's bad. That's, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, I feel like y'all aren't y'all y'all aren't giving Mike McDaniel enough credit, man. He still has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mike Dusicki. I mean, he can draw something up, right? He can cook a little whoa, bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not saying <laughs> that they're gonna win. I'm just saying <laughs> you guys are just. To your point, Jordan, you're right. Listen, he can surprise them with a touchdown or two. Oh, that was a nice play they scored. That That's probably yeah. the most we'll get. No, bro, I'm sorry. This game won't be close, bro. I think I'm with everyone else. I got to be uh, like – I gotta be in like thirty-five. All right, I tried. Maybe. I tried to make it interesting. Man. I tried. Bro, I got it like thirty-five, thirteen, maybe a garbage. Uh, I I feel like they're gonna score a touchdown early in the game, and people's gonna be like, "Oh, maybe they could shock the world." And then after that, their Buffalo's just gonna take over, and then they'll end the game with maybe thirteen, sixteen points. Uh, but I just feel like I just feel like Josh Allen is gonna be too much for their defense. Uh, the the the, the Dolphins defense. It's like ever since that Niners game, they they've been struggling like really. Um, no Tua, obviously. If Tua was playing, I'll feel different about this game. But I just feel like that veteran that veteran defense that Buffalo has, they're going to be ready to pounce all over a rookie quarterback making his first playoff start. And I feel like a lot of people, not, they're not really forgetting. But at the same time, the Bills they're still playing for Demar Hamlin. Like I believe they still have that. We're doing this for De- for Demar on their mind, and I-, I just feel like it's going to be too much for Miami to keep up. Yeah, that that'll be the 
that'll be the uh, feeling going forward for the rest of the season for them and, and probably and, into next season too. And and real quick, this this is the last point I want to add to that. It's like basically, like I said, circumstances that they can't control. And I just want to say, what a personal shame. Because the year that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle had, Tyreek Hill 1,700 yards, Jalen Waddle 1,350 yards. Not to cut you off, but how was Tyreek Hill not named an all-pro? Like, oh, my God. Like, what? Right? How about that? Because you can't even get that personal accolade? That's insane. Right? I just wanted to mention that. Like, what a, what a, if I'm a, like, I feel, I just want to apologize to Dolphins fans. Because what a heartbreak to a heck of a year. By 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 your team, like it was an amazing season by that receiving court. Yep, I mean, I, I do want to move on because we have five other games to get through, and we're going to try to speed through those as best as possible. But I feel like I should just end with this question, and I know I was kind of having fun with this segment a little bit, but on a more serious note, like, sh- should Tua Tungavailoa like should he? Seriously, yes. consider returning. Yes. Yeah, like, seriously, man. It's, man for me, I'm related. Like, 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 <laughs> I'm getting bro, Percy Harvin vibes. He didn't I'm even let me finish, bro. Like, bro, I, bro, you didn't even need to finish, bro. For me, yeah, it's just man. like I think of, I think of it like I love the game, I love watching it, but at the end of the day, it's 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 not worth it, bro. This is a this guy just recently got married. I believe he might have his first. He might he might have just had his first child. Where it's like, bro, there's a life outside of football, and there's a life after football. Having what we know to be three concussions in one year, that that's a lot. And not only has he had three concussions, he he's been actively playing with with all three times he's he's played concussed. Um, I feel like that is negative on the NFL's aspect and also on the Miami Dolphins aspect because you have these doctors where. You're really, as a player, you're really putting your your life and trust in the hands of these doctors, and you can say these doctors failed two or three times. Where if I'm him, I I've been concussed on Christmas, and I, I still haven't cleared concussion protocol. Not even to play, but just in fact of my life, like I'm still having these concussion like symptoms. And Christmas was about almost three four weeks ago, so I think retirement really should be on the mind of Tua right now. Hey Chris, how do you feel? Because I know you you've spoken pretty passionately about that in the group chat. I agree with everything that Corday said. I, I I don't even know what else I can add to it. I mean he kinda hit he said everything that basically I was gonna say. It's, it's no, yeah like it's three concussions three concussions in your life is crazy, let alone in one season of football. So it's just right. that mind you mind you two of those concussions came in the same month. literally one yeah. apart from each other. Back to back. The Bills got concussed. Right, he Four days. Concussed Four days. Exactly. Four exactly. days. It's, it's like, like we. And Go ahead. Yeah. Just, just to add in the last point, he didn't get concussion like since it was the third time until the day after they played. Mind you, he didn't. He, so he played through a concussion on Sunday and then felt concussion like symptoms on that Monday. Yeah he, he, yeah, he needs to hang it up. In my opinion, he does. There's no need for it. It's not worth it. Does it suck? Absolutely. You know why it says? Because Tua had the bet, had his breakout cheer, and he finally had the team that he needed to excel in the NFL. And, and I feel like that's, bu- that's going to make it complicated, man. It he's he's going to damn. But you know that we're we're, we're gonna. But you got to put your health first and foremost yeah. above everything. 
Absolutely. We're going to we're going to dive into that more. So I feel like there's still a lot more to kind of unravel with that topic. But we are going to move on for time's sake and, you know, move on to our second of six matchups. And it's another divisional matchup where the starting quarterback of the road team is unfortunately out. And that is the Bengals and Ravens. Do you see the Bengals who won the AFC North on kind of a technicality, but they would have earned it anyways against the number six seeded. Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals are minus 500 in the money line. Spread is nine and a half, a little closer, but Vegas still thinks it's not going to be that close, and over-under is 40 and a half. Lamar Jackson, with his knee issues, he will not play. And Tyler Huntley, again, is set to get the start. And Huntley, you know, through five games, really not much. 658 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. Both teams split the regular season series. Ravens winning week five, Bengals week 18. And again, I'm going to ask this. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the floor open to anybody. You know, is this just another glorified bye week? Yes. <laughs> Resounding I'll, yes. All I want to say is one thing. If, if, if Lamar Jackson does not play, the Ravens have no chance in hell of winning. Not a chance in hell of winning this game if Lamar Jackson doesn't play. Yeah, I don't really want to stretch this out as much as the last, like you know, the last game because I feel like again, it's just this is no way. I mean, Kendrick and Corday, I feel like you guys feel the same way. Next, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not even going to give a long analysis. What I, what I really <laughs> they they they, I, they just won't be able to score as many points as the Bengals. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. They're averaging like they're averaging like ten, thirteen points without Lamar Jackson, bro. Yeah, but speaking of, um, earlier today, Lamar on Twitter, he came out and kind of gave us all an update, a little bit more insight on his injuries. Uh, I'm going to read his tweet here, verbatim. So, thank you everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strength three. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable. I'm in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give a 100%. I can't give a 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful you still have a chance. Sorry, bro, but no, y'all really don't. Um, so, you know, he's he's come out and he's publicly like, and we really don't see this a lot from players. He basically just came out and just told us like, yeah, like I'm hurt. Like I'm not just sitting out like I'm actually hurt. Um, Corday, I mean, what does Lamar's future look like in Baltimore right now? It, it, it yep. feels really murky. I'm so glad you brought up this topic, bro, because – Lamar Jackson is probably my favorite, like, non-49er player in the league. And if I'm Lamar, bro, I'm I'm trying to get out, man. Um, It's been two years now of me wanting a contract extension. We've been having talks of an extension, and it's gotten nowhere. And I'm seeing players get paid before me. Like, don't get me wrong, Roquan Smith, amazing player, arguably the best linebacker in football. But to give him the largest contract for a linebacker in NFL history, and you don't even have anything to offer your franchise quarterback is terrible. And I don't know if you guys pay attention to, like, the press conferences and stuff like that, 
But whenever they ask John Harbaugh about Lamar Jackson, it's like his body language is kind of like he's tired of being asked a question or he's tired of having to answer the question where I feel like that's just, that's just bad business and it's showing bad relationships brewing. So if I'm Lamar, I feel like he's doing the right thing. I feel like if, if, if he had a contract, um, if Baltimore showed that he's their franchise and they're willing to move on with him going forward, I feel like he would do everything in his power to play this week. I know with his playing style and his running style, you don't really want to put him out there with a bad knee, but it's the playoffs. It's win or go home. I feel like if he was under contract, he would be out there. But I feel like at the same time, he's trying to protect himself and his brand because if he goes out there this this, this uh, Sunday and he gets injured, who knows if he's ever going to see another big contract or if he's even going to come close to another big contract. So I'm all about kind of him protecting himself in, in this aspect of not playing this week. Uh, me personally, I don't see a problem with it. Chris, would you, would you say the same thing? You know, is, is it, is it, is it time for Lamar to move on? Again, Corday said a lot of the same points that I've said. I mean, you, I mean, it's a lot. It, I mean, it's not a lot to, to like discuss, but I mean, you see it. You see it the in the disgruntled John Harbaugh. You see it in the fact that him in the front office cannot come to terms with a new deal. And I mean, I'll be honest. I wasn't sure Watson that all this even happened because of his contract that the Browns gave him. But I still think he doesn't deserve. But that's another story for another day. I felt like that ruined it all for him. And at this point, I don't know if we're ever going to see Lamar Jackson in Ravens uniform again. Like Cordae said, I felt like if he was on the contract, he would play through the injury. But at the same time, you got to protect yourself. He wants to make he wants to make over $200 million. He probably wants to make over $250 million. He probably wants it all guaranteed. He can't do that if he goes out Sunday. I keep saying he's going to reset the market. We, he will. He can't do that if he goes out Sunday and just re-injures his knee or makes the injury even worse than what it is. So, I mean, from a business standpoint, I understand I understand what Lamar Jackson's doing. And, I mean, I do the same thing if I was him. And, I mean, it sucks that, you know, in an era where I feel, well, to me, where a lot of dual-threat quarterbacks are thriving, I mean, I know Lamar Jackson wasn't the first, but for this era, I feel like he kind of started it. I know it was the first dual threat, but I feel like for this era, he kind of started it. It just sucks to see him not get what he's owed. But, with all that being said, I'm, I know I talked about how I want to see Lamar Jackson maybe go to a team like the Miami Dolphins just because of all the speed all over the field. But, due to another team dealing with some quarterback issues, I decided I want to change my opinion on that. Lamar and Jackson, it begins. You, you want to talk about it, Chris? You, you wanna, you, would you like to talk about it, Chris? <laughs> wait, wait. What team did you say? What team did you Lamar say? Lamar Jackson to Lamar Jackson to the Raiders. You're crazy. Oh, mine is Lamar Jackson. Ah, mine is Lamar Jackson. Personally, listen. That's it. Listen, listen. Now, I actually want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see that. Because, because. Reach Report earlier put out, I think, like eight teams that Derek Carr could go to. One of those teams was the Baltimore Ravens. So why would they put the Baltimore Ravens up there if Lamar Jackson was going to stay? Hmm. Interesting. Well, they need a different quarterback. They need a new system. 
What's wrong with Derek Carr going to that team? It's not like Derek Carr's a terrible quarterback. And it's not like they have to do a trade or anything. Derek Carr is going to be a free agent or he's going to get traded. One of the, one of the two is going to happen. Secondly, Lamar Jackson's about to be a free agent. So it's not like we have to swap picks or anything for that matter. All I got to do is you can go this team, you go this team. Sign a contract and it's a done deal. I'm not saying Lamar wants to come to the Raiders, but why not see it happen? Who would want to see Lamar Jackson and Devontae Adams play with each other and then have Darren Waller there? And then have a possible the only problem is the coach, though. Like, uh... Oh, I know the coach is the problem. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I can't, and I wish I could do something about that. And again, I don't want to take up 10 minutes talking about that. I don't want to do that. I'll say that for, I'll say that for another day. I will. But, Appreciate it. Like I said, though, at this point, and it's possible, right? Nobody believed me when I said Devontae will go to the Raiders. And it's possible. All I'm going to uh, say. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kendrick. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, Kendrick. Just, just to bounce off of Chris real quick. Just to bounce off of Chris. If they actually pull off this trade, right, you know, the Ravens lose to the Bengals, which is inevitable at this point. Um, unless the Ravens defense decides to completely shut down and score all the points for them, I don't really see anything like, like that happening. So, the, I really do see a strong, I don't know why, but Chris brings that up and I'm like, wow, that is a very valid point. The Ravens might just pick up Derek Carr's contract and trade Lamar for that and be like, you know what? We're going to go a different route. But honestly, that's a win for the, win for the Raiders over the win for the Ravens. But, cause I honestly think that's a Super Bowl uh, contending team right there as soon as it, if they get Lamar. For, from Lamar to Devontae, like ew, like ew. like the thing. Here's another. Here's another comp. I'm saying, you got Josh Jacobs and Lamar. That run game, that that's really gonna be top three in the league if it does happen, though. Top three in the league. Josh Jacobs would definitely re-sign with the Raiders. How could you not? Like, man, that's a nasty defense, Johnny. I I didn't really uh, get your uh, opinion on the whole Lamar thing before we move on. Oh, yeah, I was just, I was thrown by Chris's valid point because I'm like, and it begins, but you know what? I'll bite. I'll bite. Touche. Excellent point. But, um, yeah, to, to the Lamar Jackson situation and, um, honestly, personally, I, I personally, I feel bad because I do agree with, with the aforementioned points as far as him protecting himself. I'm mad. I, I feel bad that it came to this. Because I generally believe that he liked Baltimore. I generally believe that he wanted to be there. Hence, earlier in the summer, where he, well, you know, obviously another conversation that they just couldn't get contracts done before the season started. So he just decided that he was just going to, you know, basically make them double down on that contract this year. But obviously injury got in the way. And uh, it's looking like it's come down to the to the smarter decision to protect yourself in part ways but I'll tell you what like barring injury he if he would have had the type of year he uh, barring injury the Ravens probably would have not that Roquan Smith contract wouldn't have happened and he probably would have came to Lamar with a respectable contract and he probably would have would have talked like you know he would have entertained it because I do genuinely believe that he liked Baltimore but at the end of the day you got to do what you got to do, and business decisions are coming in the near future, like respectively. But it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate he can't like stay on the field. And I mean, shoot, what what I I think the average the average um, sit out time for that type of grade is like two 
weeks, two to three weeks for the grade two. And what did you say, Jonah? He was grade three? What did that tweet say? He's, I believe it was he's grade a grade three. two. He's oh, a grade, grade two, two, but he's like on the borderline of a grade three. Yeah, and he's well, pushing. And yeah. Gotta, so basically, he's a grade three. Basically. The thing with that injury, though, is like, I do believe he's telling the truth when he talks about the swelling and inflammation because I kind of researched it. That's an injury where, like, we know his running style. He's a, he, he, he you know, he runs. But uh, even, yeah. like, like, when he got injured, he got injured in the pocket trying to throw. And with that injury, it's one of those things where it's like, even if your kneecap hits the ground in the slightest way, it can flare up and, call, and, and cause inflammation and stuff again. So I, I do believe he's telling the truth when he's saying he's injured. Yeah, and that, and even to, and that'll just bring it full circle to the point that, that you and Chris had originally made. He needs to just, you know, take a break because he's pushing a grade three and, and already he's, that he's looking at two weeks minimum for recovery. Four weeks to be safe, honestly. Like, yeah, you got to sit out. And I, I, it's, unfortunately, it came to this because I really would, I, 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 like I said, I do think he generally did like to be in Baltimore. I do think he liked to play there. But, um, at the end of the day, yeah, I do see that that business decision happening in the near future. Can I just uh, say before we move on, just really quick about Lamar. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You, got, you know, uh, Chris mentioned the Raiders and you guys were all aboard. Uh, for me, I was saying, uh, for me, it's the Jets. Um, I feel like the Jets were, they were what, seven and three at one point and finished the season, what, like seven and 10. Um, I honestly feel like the Jets are just a quarterback away. They have an elite defense, a defense that, was holding teams to that that held pretty good offenses just three points, six points, ten. Very points. underrated. They have, they have, uh, they have a really good pass rush. They're starting to build a nice secondary led by Sauce. Uh, DJ Reed has was a really good addition for them. Um, and on the offensive side of the ball, you have Brees Hall, who before his injury he was looking like he was going to run away with the offensive rookie of the year. Then you have uh, Garrett Wilson, who was an a thousand yard receiver in his first year. And then you have solid guys like uh, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore is really talented, and he hasn't even been in the mix because Zach Wilson refuses to throw him the ball. So I feel like Lamar Jackson in uh, New York with the Jets, I feel like that's a championship contender. Still a tough division, though. Still still getting out out the division will be tough still, but it will be more interesting. The Lamar sweepstakes, that's going to be a fun topic to talk about. In the spring, well, yeah, early spring. That's free agency. Um, but let's move on. Let's see, all right. So we go into the NFC now for the first time in our other two versus seven matchup for today. This is something that should interest you because it's just it's your Forty ers NFC West champion, Forty ers on a ten game winning streak, I believe. Ten game winning streak, minus five hundred at home. The spread nine and a half over under is forty two even, and Brock Purdy he has won the last five of those ten games, and the Seahawks I mean really should not be here, but thanks to the Lions they are they snuck into the playoffs, thanks to the Packers losing at home to Detroit in the Sunday night season finale, but the Forty ers they swept the regular season series they won both games, yeah they weren't you know. Huge blowouts, but they won pretty comfortably. Um, but should we not sleep on the Seahawks? Like, does it like the last two games is like all right? Like, okay, Bills are winning, Bengals are winning. Is it is it fair to do that to the Seahawks too? 
Uh, I spoke on it just a little bit. Like I said, I am nervous, but I'm not doubting that we won't win the game. I'm 110% confident that we'll win the game. Um, like I spoke on the weather earlier, I feel like the weather will play in factor. But like I said, I feel like that benefits us because we run the ball better. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Kenneth Walker had an amazing season. He played amazing against other teams. He just hasn't played good against us. And like I said, it's hard to beat a team three times. But when you beat the same team twice, that goes to show you have a formula or a plan in, in progress to stop that team. Although Geno Smith has had an amazing season, a Pro Bowl type of season, um, I believe the way we beat the Seahawks, honestly, has just been make Geno Smith throw the ball. Because when Geno Smith is dropping back throwing the ball, they're, they're I believe, 27th. Uh, their offensive line is 27th compared to where we're a top two pass rush team in the league. Uh, Nick Bosa, 18 and a half sacks. Uh, you have guys like Samson, Ebukam, six and a half. Uh, rookie Drake Jackson has been really coming along. Uh, you have Eric Armstead getting back healthy in the middle. Javon Kinlaw getting back healthy in the middle. Um, my thing, though, is just uh, with Purdy, I just want Purdy to go out there and just play like he's been playing all season. Just treat it like it's a regular season game. Don't put extra pressure on yourself because it is playoffs. But I feel like with us having that experience of being there, Kyle Shanahan will do everything in his own power to make Brock Purdy feel comfortable. We've seen in the past with the 49ers in the playoffs where Jimmy Garoppolo is basically protected, where we win playoff games not in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I feel like if Kyle Shanahan has the formula where he can win playoff games protecting Jimmy Garoppolo, he can win playoff games protecting Brock Purdy, who, who has been – Basically, he took this offense that Garoppolo had and took it to a new heights where we scored 35 points in, I believe, four of the five games Perry has won. So uh, just don't do too much. Just stick to your routine. Play physical football. Play great defense. Run the ball. Um, I'm just really glad we're getting healthy on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Debo Samuel is back. Christian McCaffrey, this has been the healthiest he's been in years. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is back healthy to take some pressure off of uh, McCaffrey. George Kittle is healthy, and him and Purdy has developed a great bond. Kittle has had, I believe, seven touchdowns across these last five games with Purdy in. Uh, we've seen an emergence of Brandon Ayuk, his first 1,000-yard uh, season. So it's weapons all over the field, and I believe at the end of the day, we're just going to win this game based off having the better talent and the better head coach at the time. All right, that's fair. You know you're the 49ers fan. You should be – uh, it is a divisional game, and it is a third meeting, but, I mean, it's the seventh seed of Seahawks. So, I mean, Johnny and Colin, you guys are Geno sympathizers. I mean, y'all can't just write your boy off like that, right? Let's go Seattle. So, no, I'm playing. I'm getting off. I got to get off. This. I got to get off. <laughs> I, like, I've been on a bandwagon for a while. And they, All right season, man. They've done good. They've done. They've done excellent by me. I'm tell this. Not gonna lie. That O line, Rashad Penny, not being there to help out Kenneth Walker, who is a thousand yard receiver at first. I'm, I'm sorry, running back his first year, and the low key underrated thousand yard years that DK and uh, Tyler Lockett had. The low key snuck into that thousand yard um range. Good seasons by them. The 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 that that secondary. To, was that kid Ty Woolen six interceptions like making a real case for defensive rookie of the year um no disrespect to Sauce Gardner but this kid came out of nowhere I mentioned him before 
it's been an exciting ride. It's been an exciting ride. It ends here. And it'll just be because of the O-line. Like like Corday said, 27th ranked. Um, that pass rush is just going to get – they're just going to eat. Um, and Geno getting pressured. Uh, he'll scamper a little bit. But, yeah, it's it, they just don't have enough, unfortunately. I really want to say that they will. But the only thing I can think of is maybe they can get a couple of runs off. And maybe Geno has a sustainable game. Maybe their defense can do something to Brock Purdy. But these are a lot of maybes. And the last maybe is maybe the fact that it's a third-round divisional matchup. We'll see some underrated no-name players step up and maybe some Seahawk magic. But it, coaching Pete Carroll, maybe he draws something up. He's experienced. It's a lot of maybes. It's too many maybes. Um, more, 49ers are, are more solid. Um, I'll have to step off the bandwagon here, respectively. But heck of a ride by the Seahawks. Dang, man. It's the end of the era, man. I feel. I kind of feel sad. Like, you just... Man, but uh, Kendrick, I mean, will this game at least be closer than those previous two that we've mentioned? Like, will this at least be a contest or is Seattle just getting blown up? No, it's definitely going to be a contest just because of the fact that it's a divisional game with, you know, outside of the Dolphins and the Bills are one, but, you know, not their starting quarterback. But this one, you see both their starting quarterbacks playing and I feel like it will be interesting third time around you know it's, it's you know twice is you know already a hard thing to do but three times is even harder so I I look at that one as being a very close game I still see the 49ers pulling it out by mm, no more than 10 points no more than 10 points but uh it's going to be a good game that that's going to be probably one of the best games I think the game yeah, that's going to be spread the weather alone Mm-hmm. No, I was saying I Chris, think it's going to be close just based off the uh, weather alone. If, if it's oh, yeah, supposed yeah. to be as bad as they're saying, they're saying it's supposed to be like hurricane and tornado type of winds and rains. That really does even the playing field a lot. But uh, Chris, I mean, you, you feel the same as Kendrick? You feel like it's at least going to be a close game? It could be. I'm not going to say it won't be. At least within game. 10 points I mean, of the spread. I mean, I think it's going to depend on how the Seahawks open the game up. I feel like definitely being playing away, playing on the road San Fran, especially in the condition that they're saying is going to be in, I feel like they need to come out the gate swinging. Because, again, San Fran's a team that, you know, it doesn't matter what the weather is or whatever the case, you know they're going to do the same thing that they always do. Which is run was run the ball down, was run the ball down, maybe make a couple pass plays, and then just had the playmakers take over. So in the case of Seattle, they need to be the first one to start swinging. So I do agree that it's difficult to beat a division opponent three times. But again, I have I think the Forty Niners outside Eagles are the most dangerous team in the NFC. So I feel like even if they start off slow, they have no problem beating the Seahawks in advance in the next round. So. And uh, I just want to say real quick, too, like, uh, yeah. you know, everyone in media outside of us is saying, like, uh, you know, making a big deal about it being Brock Purdy's first playoff start. We have to worry about if it's going to be nerves and stuff, too, for Geno. This is Geno's first playoff start as well. Although, you know, he's a Great veteran, point. had a better year. It's been a long time since Geno Smith played football up until this year, and he's getting an opportunity to do it at the 
playoff level. So it's also his first playoff game. No matter how old you are, playoff nerves is a is a real thing once you're actually on that stage. So that could affect him as well as it can Purdy. And which is why usually when you when that happens, you can have some type of uh, uh, mental peace of mind in running the football. But he doesn't even have that because that that O line. I mean, the yeah, and, uh, never thousand yards. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like they're playing a team where they've played twice, and in both games, they're only averaging about two and a half, three yards a carry. Well, here comes the pain. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. That's going to actually be the first um, – playoff matchup that's the uh 4 30 game on saturday so we'll know right away you know how Yo, that weather question. affects is the it, game is, is this my 49ers bias coming out but should the second seed have the night game <laughs> no because it's uninteresting makes sense yeah and that that actually leads us up to our next matchup which is the 8 30 game that night number four seeded jaguars what a story this is. AFC South champions in a division that was all but the Titans to lose, and they absolutely lost it late in the season. And they're hosting the number five Chargers, Justin Herbert. He's finally going to get that playoff action. You talked about Geno getting his first playoff start. You know, Brock Purdy, of course, the rookie getting his first playoff start. But this is Justin's first playoff start, and we're going to see. We're going to see what this guy is made of. Dougie P, of course, you know, Leading the Jaguars just somehow to a nine and eight record in the South Division title, his second division, his second team that he's won a division title with, of course, with the Eagles before. And the Chargers, they are the favorites, although they're on the road. They're the, it's not by a lot though. Uh, the line is minus one thirty eight. The spread is very close at two and a half, and the over under is pretty high at forty seven and a half. And let's not forget week three. The Jaguars blew out the Chargers in LA 38 to 10. And the Jaguars, like I've said, they're they're red hot right now. They're they've won six of seven. I mean, Kendrick, can Dougie P get to his third divisional round? One hundred percent. They're up they're beating the Chargers. That's that's actually what's gonna happen. I really don't see the Chargers pulling this out. I mean, I would love to see Justin Herbert. I would love to see Justin Herbert win some games in the playoffs. I would love to see him have a playoff run. But I just personally don't think they'll get there with their head coach that they have right now. But the Jaguars with Dougie P, and you've seen how this offense and how Trevor Lawrence has take, made some leaps and bounds in this season versus last season versus when actually having a good coach versus a terrible coach in the NFL, but a very good coach in college, you know. You see the difference. Night and day, man. Night and day. And, you know, just at the end of the day, you got to say, like, I am I have the Jaguars winning in that game. I haven't won by a touchdown. I haven't won by one touchdown. But I do see them, you know, I just don't see uh, – I just see the Chargers messing up as they always do. They're going to slip up somewhere. And it's going to be a very questionable call that we're all going to question and look at them and be like, what were you thinking? And that's what's going to be their downfall. Chris, I mean, Twitter, they talking about a hair versus hair matchup, man. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, two of the game's best young quarterbacks. How do you feel? How do you feel this one's going to go, man? Tony Khan, is this is this team moving on in the playoffs? 
Chris? All right, we just gonna skip Chris for now. Uh, so, oh, no, there you go. There no, you go. I'm here. I'm sorry. So, uh, I like the I like the fact you brought Tony Khan. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his father Shaw uh, Khan owns the Jaguars. No, he's that's he lost his father the last Jaguars game too. I saw that too. That's the side point. Anyway, um, I don't trust the Chargers at all. I'm gonna be honest. I just don't trust them at all. And it's honestly just based on the fact that Brandon Staley is their head coach. And his over-aggressive style of play gets him into trouble way more than it should. Not only that, though, but the Chargers are dealing with injuries. And when they played in Week 3, although they didn't have J.C. Jackson, they did have both Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and they were almost not existent against the Jaguars. When they spanked them by... What was it, 20, almost 28 points? And so far? Now. Which I isn't really home field advantage. Here. In my opinion, it's not, not at all. <laughs> no. But again, like I said, like, but, like I said though, um, I said it before, I said it again. Justin Herbert, to me, looks like Aaron Rodgers 2.0. But with that being said though, that him being Superman every game is probably not going to be enough for Chargers to win. And not only that, though, but so right now they might not have Mike Williams. I mean, Ken Allen's still there, which is cool. Austin Eckler's still there. That's great. But the Chargers is just a team where they kind of keep themselves. They kind of just let teams hang around or they let teams get ahead. And then they try to, they, then they try to showcase all that talent they have, all that potential they have as a team, and then try to win games. But that doesn't always work. And Brandon Staley, in my opinion, his job is on the line if he does not win this game. It's not because he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. But, again, I feel like him being over-aggressive costs the Chargers more than it should. For example, Mike, there's no reason Mike Williams should have been in the game for him to get hurt in the, in, in the last game. Why, was he in the, why were they even playing at that time? They were, basically, they already won the game or they already clinched the playoffs. Why are you playing your starters? You can't. The only thing you're going to change is maybe your wild card spot, but you still have your playoff spot. So what's your what's the point of of playing your starters in that reason? And now because of that, Mike Williams may or may not be able to play in that game. But if he does play, he got to play through back pain, which means he's not going to be be a deep threat like he normally is. And I feel like it's going to come down to Doug Peterson out coaching Brandon Staley, and because of that, I think Staley is going to get fired. Not because he's a bad coach or anything, but I feel like there's plenty of coaches out there that can realize what the Chargers have a lot more than what Brandon Staley's been doing with them. So, yeah, I got the Jaguars winning. Interesting. So, we got we got two votes for the Jaguars so far. And real quick, I just want to say shout out to Austin Eckler because I won my cha- I won the championship in my fantasy league this past Sunday, and he was a huge part of that. Him, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Jacobs. Man, like, thank y'all. But, uh, Johnny, how do you feel, man? Um, our former coach, Dougie P., Got so much love for him. I'm, I'm that's like that's my rooting interest right there. Is Dougie P. I never had a problem with him, even when you know 2020, where I felt like he was just you know he's just he just kind of threw it in in terms of his game planning and his preparation that season with the whole Carson Wentz debacle. But how do you feel, man? You think he you think he gets the job done? 
first of all, congratulations, my guy Jonah, on that W on, on that big victory. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> that stuff gets real at the end, brother. Now, um, well, to answer your question, I tell you this much. I tell you this now. All right, as much like I said, common sense, like I mentioned before, common sense is telling is it, is directing me to Jacksonville's side. Just off the, you know, you got to go with the hottest team, right? At the end of the year, at the end of the day, it's about who's the hottest, and the Jags have been on fire. Trevor Lawrence has been cooking. Etn that deep. Rayshon Jenkins, uh, twelve pass deflections, four three picks from the year in his own right, and the rest of those defensive guys have just been rallying around that offense. But I will say this. I got. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily pick the Chargers, but just for the sake of going the other way, I'm. I'll ride with LA. Unbeknownst to my to my better knowledge, based off their playoff history and the fact that, like you said before, they can't get out their own way. There's something about this team though that kind of intrigues my interest that make me think that they'll compete. And maybe keep it close enough to where as though you never know what can happen at the end. Wishful thinking, but maybe not that wishful. I mean, yes, Mike Williams is is up and down based off of that bad decision to keep him in the game last week. But Keenan Allen's available. That last matchup when the Jaguars played them, um, like yeah, they stomped them. But, and but I don't think that uh, the Chargers were, were without Keenan Allen. They did a great job of shutting down Mike Williams. But shoot, Joshua Palmer had 99 yards that game. Um, Austin Eckler, to your point, Jonah, he had 48 yards receiving, and like he he didn't he did they tried on the ground, but they just basically they shut him down in the run game, and he's used a lot utilized him in the passing game. Uh, DeAndre Carter chipped in. Gerald Everett had a couple catches. Um, these guys do a really good job of rallying. That's my thing with this Chargers team. They do a good job of rallying. They have a lot of good others. They have a lot of good – they have very good others, like Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, um, like uh, that deep – Derwin James has been playing consistently. Khalil Mack, uh, Kyle Van Noy, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan. Um, these guys are sustainable. You know, they're not like tossovers. So at the end of the day, it's like I, that's what's make that – I guess that's given me – a notion to say maybe we shouldn't count the charges out just yet. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe ju- and honestly, Justin Herbert and um and uh, Trevor Lawrence going at each other. Like I said, we're getting a look into the future. But my God, what a matchup! Like I'm intrigued in that. I say Justin Herbert throws fire. I say he goes off, and and a quarterback like him can do that. No matter who you have in your receiving core. So and that defense isn't as bad as you know. They, they, the media have been making them out to be. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers compete. I'd like to go with Jacksonville just based off coaching and hottest team and everything. But you know what? I'm going to side with the Chargers. And I don't think that's too insane, right? No, I mean, Corday, how do you feel? I mean, finally getting some Chargers love here, but hey, man, how do you feel about I don't know how to feel about this game. I've looked at it. I've looked at stats and everything. Looked at the past matchup, and my my pick for the the game changes every week. Um, right now, here I'm gonna say this: this could change again come game time. Right now, I got the Jaguars by like five. Um, although I have the Jaguars winning, I kind of hope that the Chargers do win because I feel like 
if the Chargers win, I feel like they'll be a better matchup for Kansas City. You know, my Kansas City haters coming out. So I feel like they'll be a better matchup for Kansas City than uh, potentially Jacksonville. But I don't know, man. I see Jacksonville taking this game because I believe they have the better coach. Um, I believe Chris said it earlier. I do believe Staley is playing for his uh, – is coaching for his job. Um but I don't know, man. It's so hard to count out Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's one of the best, not even best young quarterbacks, one of the best quarterbacks we have in the league in, in general. But if Mike Williams isn't at 100%, that's, that's going to really hurt. Um, the reason why I think I'm riding with Jacksonville, though, is just because of not only the, the growth of Trevor Lawrence, but also the growth of Travis Etienne. Um, Travis Etienne can do it in the on the ground and on the air. Uh, Christian Kirk has been having a really solid year. I, I think I feel like if Mike Williams isn't a hundred percent, I think I like that uh, Jaguars receiving core just a little bit more in terms of consistency with uh, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones. And Evan Ingram has been having a career season. Um, and believe it or not, Jacksonville's defense has actually been solid. I feel like Josh Allen is one of the best young pass rushers in the game who doesn't get enough credit uh, or doesn't get talked about enough. But at the same time, too, I think I have the Jags because, you know, you mentioned Austin Eckler earlier. I just feel like the Jags, the way Staley coaches – not the Jags, I'm sorry, the Chargers, the way Staley coaches, um, in the playoffs you're going to have to run the ball, and they just don't run the ball enough sometimes. Uh, there's games where Eckler, you know, he might go off fantasy-wise, but that's because he's getting maybe two short touchdowns on a goal line with a whole bunch of catches. He might rush the ball maybe six times, ten times, twelve times, where in the playoffs sometimes you're going to have to rely heavy on that run game. And I don't know if I see Staley making that adjustment and going to the run game. But like I keep saying, at the same time, you know, when you have a guy like Herbert, you could win any given night. So, like I said, right now I got the Jaguars, but my pick could change again by the time the, the, the game comes. Not that insane, like I said. Yep, but um, we are kind of running a little short on time, so we're just going to kind of speed through here. But our two most intriguing matchups, possibly both coming out of the NFC. First on Sunday, we have the number three-seeded Vikings going up against the number six-seeded Giants. Vikings are the favorite at home, but I do believe that the upset alert should be on alert right now. I feel like this game screams upset. Giants, they're in the playoffs for the first time since that boat picture, man. Six, it was, what, six, six years ago? That infamous boat picture, they finally just, you know, you know, these exercise the demons of that picture and that playoff drought. They're finally back in the playoffs. And I feel like Brian Dayball's team has a lot to prove. Of course, the Vikings beat the Giants on a 61-yard field goal on Christmas Eve, a game that the Giants could have easily won. So, Chris, I'll start with you. I mean, am I right to say that this game is on upset alert? And will there be an upset? Um, I, I guess I've, I've said it earlier, and I'll say it again just to make it short and sweet. I don't trust the Vikings at all. I, I, I can't. Number, I, they have all that talent in the team, but I just can't trust them because who knows what kind of cut cuts we're going to get. So, because of that, Giants are going to win. Boom. Kendrick, how do you feel? Uh, personally, I feel like 
I'm gonna have to go with the Vikings. I'm gonna have to go with the Vikings. I really don't believe in the Giants. Mm. You don't believe in the Giants. Interesting. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Um, yeah, actually I can. Um, so I just feel like the Giants defense isn't going to stop the Vikings offense. I just don't, I feel like, I feel like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are going to show, are going to really help Kirk Cousins prove his point that he can win big games. Uh, so I feel like those two players are going to have an, uh, uh, a sensational game and they're just going to, they're going to outbattle uh, the Giants and with Saquon because I feel like, I feel like you know as long as they can contain Saquon, and I feel like the Vikings are going to have something to prove. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to have something to prove. So I feel like this is a great time for him to prove that you know he can show that he can win. Uh, but I really do see the Vikings coming out on top against the Giants. Uh, yeah, I swear to God, if I see them ice this man out. After a win, I'm, oh my goodness, they're gonna ice him out again, aren't they? They're gonna, oh lord. That's a whole nother thing. (laughs) But, uh, Johnny, man. Johnny, how do you feel? Giants, Vikings, this is probably the most split that everyone, like, this is probably the game that everyone's, like, the most split on right now. Absolutely. And just to, you know, real quick, man, real quick, and just to just to keep it short and sweet, um, I'm interested. Eagles fan here, die hard, but I'll bite. You know what? Die I hard. will bite. The, Gi- the Giants. Bro, we're die right, Colin. Die hard. But with that being said, die hard for sure. But with that being said, I'll bite, okay? I'll bite. Let's see what you can do, New York. Because at the end of the day, I will give them – I've mentioned New York before, even going into the season in previous segments, um, Brian DeBall with his coaching pedigree has a good chance of turning this team around, and we mentioned the run that they've been on. So with that being said, let's see how far they can take this Cinderella season. And at the end of the day, what better team to do it against than a team like the Vikings, who basically, if they don't get a takeaway, they all, it's like they almost always lose. They're 12-1 without a pick in games that they force a turnover or get a takeaway. And basically, they just have a losing record when they don't. So, I mean, at the end of the day, and on top of that, um, the, the, the Giants, they low-key don't turn the ball over. That's a very interesting stat about New York. And when Daniel Jones is healthy, they start to figure out the passing game a little bit. Saquon's been Saquon, stayed healthy. Defense has been sustainable, but they get teams off the field on third down. And uh, they're very good at that. And at the end of the day, they don't turn the football over. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, I'll bite, man. Let's see what the Giants do. And Corday, last but not least. Uh, yeah, uh, just, just to make it short, what time is the game? 4.30? 4.25, yep, so no, no prime time. Give me the Giants. Come on, the don't Giants. do it. Don't, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do it, do it, do it. Kirk Cousins, do it. 4.25, Kirk Cousins cannot win a game past one o'clock. If the game's not on one o'clock, Kirk Cousins cannot win the game. Um, I'm just, I'm just not a Kirk Cousins believer, oh, man. man. Kirk Cousins is a great regular season quarterback, but come playoff time, come four o'clock, Kirk Cousins is a completely different guy. Um, but no, all, all jokes aside, uh, I think I got the Giants winning this one just because uh, the Vikings they have a negative point differential, which is very rare for a team that won 
13 games. 13 um, wins with a negative point differential. That's insane. 13 wins, and 12 of their games have been decided by one possession, where I feel like a win is a win, don't get me wrong, but I feel like that's not a formula for winning a playoff game or championship aspirations because that's showing that teams you're way better than, you're not even blowing them teams out. Like, those teams that you're supposed to be way better than are competing, and they're close in those games. Um, last time they played the Giants, it was decided by a long field goal. Uh, I feel 61 like, yards. Yeah. That okay, seems to happen really to them a lot. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just going with the Giants because I feel like Saquon Barkley is going to cause a lot of trouble for them. Um, their defense these last couple of weeks, I believe, uh, they've been giving up about like 25 points a game. Um, their secondary is a little iffy. Every now and again, Patrick Peterson plays like he's back in his prime with the uh, Cardinals. And in some games, it's like, oh, man, Patrick Peterson. <laughs> so I, I think I'm going with the Giants in the upset just because Kirk Cousins has to prove to me he could, he could win the big ones. All right, three for the Giants, one for the Vikings. Last but not very least, and if you're still listening to this, thank you. We're just keeping up with all of this. This has been a lot. It's one of our longer episodes, but hey. You know, it's the playoffs. We we got to break these games down. So last but not least, the Monday night game, which I think, again, a mistake by the NFL. But, of course, that sweet, sweet money, you know, they just can't they just can't turn it away. So, unfortunately, uh, two teams will have to play on a Monday night in the playoffs, which is insane. But it is the number four seed NFC South champion Buccaneers who kind of backdoored their way into the playoffs in a weak division, hosting the number five seeded. Cowboys, oh, Cowboys. They are favorite at minus one forty-two. The spread two and a half. So Vegas thinks this will be a very close game with the over/under at forty-five and a half. Of course, Tom Brady. He is seven zero against the Cowboys in his career. He has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna open the floor to whoever wants to who wants to bite first. Does Tom go eight zero? I'm going to just go first. I'm going to keep it really short since we're uh, running low on time. Uh, I don't know if it's an upset, but I got the Bucks. Uh Only reason why I got the Bucks is really simple. Technically an upset, Tom, but I don't think so either. Tom Brady in in January. Uh, the Bucks defense have been playing really better. Uh, they still have weapons across the field with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Leonard Fournette, playoff winning, and uh, – What's the what's the rookie running back they have? Uh, Rashard White, I believe his name is. He's been playing uh, really good for them too in the passing game. He actually helped uh, win me fantasy league, so shout out to him. Um, and just the fact that Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, he's just been turning the ball over a lot, man. Uh, Fifteen interceptions, and some of those interceptions are just inexcusable. Last week against Washington, I believe uh, he was trying to target Ceedee Lamb on a short throw, and literally just. Threw it right to Kyle Fuller. Um, if that Prescott comes out and turns the ball over, I don't see the Cowboys winning this game. And uh, like I said, only reason why I'm rolling with Tampa is just because it's Tom Brady in January. It's hard to count out the GOAT come playoff time. As long as Brady gets to the dance, he has a chance to win the whole thing. Absolutely. Chris, how you feel 8-0 for Tom? Or, or are them boys oh. actually going to prove us wrong for once? Oh no, Stephen A. about to have a field day after Monday. <laughs> Stephen A. about to have a field day. I'm about to have a cowboy. Again, Cordageous, uh, 
Cordae kind of just said the point that I was going to make. It's not even the fact like the Cowboys can't beat them, or the fact that when you look at the rosters based off of where they stand, that the Cowboys aren't the better team. That Prescott just keeps turning the ball over, and honestly, I don't know why. But I'm like none of us are used to seeing Dak Prescott turn the ball over at the rate that he's doing it. And for the same reason, some of these turnovers, they're just bad throws. I'm not blaming all the picks on them, but some of them are just bad throws. And you can't make mistakes like that against Tom Brady. I don't care who Tom Brady has on his team. You can't make mistakes like that against Tom Brady. He will find a way to win. If the Cowboys don't come out swinging, like I said before with the with the Seahawks against the 49ers, if the Cowboys do not come out swinging and this is an ugly game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win. If Dak Prescott turns the ball over, the Buccaneers are going to win. It's just that simple. And, again, like I said, like I was said for the Chargers when it came to Brandon Staley, Mike McCarthy is also a coach. If he loses this game, they will have another head coach come next year. Yeah, that man's getting featured in They don't win Saturday. He's getting featured in Denver. What you say? He's getting featured in Denver. They're going to send him a little – they're going to send him a fax, like, you like to wish you the best. No, your future endeavors. He got to win this game, but again, I I just I, can't trust the Cowboys right now. Is it, is it weird? Is, I just can't trust. Is it weird that I'm low key rooting for the Cowboys to win so they can keep Mike another year? And <laughs> yeah. I see it. I see why, but I just can't root for the Cowboys. Oh, of course not. I'm just saying, you know, in a facetious kind of way, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> but Kendrick, how, how do you feel, bro? Uh, listen, I'll be honest, Dak Prescott's going to lose them that game. And it's just because of the interceptions he throws. I think he's thrown one in seven straight games now. I mean, listen, old debits die hard, man. So, uh... Nasty, nasty work, man. Nasty. You hate to see it, truly. Like, you know, you truly hate to see it. But honestly, you also truly love to see it as an Eagles fan. But take oh, I love that, to see it. I love to see it. I'm sorry. Take that out. <laughs> I still have. I would have the. I have the Buccaneers winning. I mean, it's going to be a very close game. Uh, the turnover mark. The turnover battle is what's really going to solidify that game. Is can Dak Prescott hold himself back from make, throwing turning the ball over? And if he can, then I give. They have a very strong chance of winning. But I just don't see that happening. So I have the Buccaneers winning, and I have them winning by a touchdown. All right, Johnny boy, how do you feel, bro? Again, I, I feel like I know your answer already, but. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, round four, Tom Brady. Uh, round four, here it comes. And basically, for the shortest reasons, everything that you guys have aforementioned. Um, I will say this. The only chance that the Cowboys, if if I want to, I always, you got to entertain it a little bit, not play an advocate here. But if the Cowboys want to have a wishful thinking of a shot, um. I guess rely on that defense. I mean, Deron Bland is an unexpected – he had an unexpected rookie year in the secondary. I think that's the guy that essentially knocked Quez uh, catch loose. They actually messed up our freaking game. But I got to get – and I think he had like four or five tackles. Don't bring that game up. I just, Don't you bring know, that game I'm, up, please. I, absolutely, I'm putting it away. But I just say that to say that, you know – Totally different team. <laughs> he, yeah, that kid – yeah, so with that being said, that kid's not too shabby. Uh, Diggs had a better year than last year, I guess. So he'll be on Mike Evans. Good luck. Um, Whatever. Um, Mika Parsons just rushed Brady. You know, Mr. 1.5 seconds gets the football out. So – with that being said, that's the most I can say as far as wishful thinking for the Cowboys. 
But other than that, there is a player that we're forgetting to mention that low-key is licking his chops, and that's Leonard Fournette. I think the Cowboys were, like, bottom 20th in stopping the defense. Um, and they they were, like, I think 26th a couple of weeks ago. They might have climbed higher than that, but they basically aren't a very good run-stopping defense. And are you kidding me? Already facing a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he doesn't have to throw the ball that much because his running back can rip you for first downs, and he can have fun with play action, and he's got a tight – you know how he loves his tight end. So with that being said, yeah, low-key uh, – yeah, the, I got the Bucks, but low-key, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm interested to see if they can stop Leonard Fournette low-key. All right, there you have it, Colin. All right, that, I'm taking this. I'm driving the boat now. And that concludes episode 88 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Hold on, Kendra. I saw you unmute your mic. You want to add anything before we go off? Oh, you straight. All right. So definitely want to big, give a big shout-out to every single co-host in here, from Joan and the Corday, Chris, Kendrick, and Johnny. Thanks a lot. I know the fans enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed recording this. You can follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can follow us individually on Instagram inside the description below. You can check us out, DM us, uh, tell us what type of topics that we should cover, and we'll try our best to get to it. You can also follow us on all streaming platforms. We're available from Apple to Spotify to Google Podcasts. You name it, we're there. And it's free 99. You don't got to pay a single thing. Just share and support. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day, and we can't wait for more football this week.